you know, part of the reason why uh, we're trying to do this is we're trying to bring faith sometimes where we take faith and we get so used to faith being just at church, right? And by doing in these life group spaces, we want to become more than just a program or more than just a church community thing that we do. Um, we want to bring it into your own home spaces, into our natural spaces, so that it co continually reminds us that faith is not just experienced at church, but in everyday parts of our everyday life. I, in today's story, this is the reason why I wanted to hit today's story. It, it kind of shows that. If you've ever read through the Gospels, you would probably have uh, realized very quickly a lot of the faith engagement that Jesus has with his disciples happens outside of the church. It happens in their everyday setting. And today is no different as we see Jesus engaging Peter at his work setting. As, as we see this engagement take place, there's one major aspect. It seems that there's one major thing that Jesus wanted Peter to discover. Now, Peter was already a person who believed in God. He was already part of the religious system. He, he practiced it in his everyday life and it informed um, how he made decisions. It was all already part of his life. But in that real world setting, Jesus wanted to ask, am I Lord or my Lordship that I have? Is it only like really real when you're in the synagogue or when you're in the temple or when you're in the church? Or is it really re real even in your workspaces? Do you believe that God really is Lord over your workspace as well? Or do you see other factors? Maybe um, your boss. Maybe, you know, big, bigger companies, maybe powerful entities, whatever they might be. Do you see those as having greater power over Jesus' lordship? See, this was a challenge that Peter, uh, Jesus wanted Peter to really think through, is that when you call me Lord over your life, does that lordship apply to even your workspace? where you believe more than your bosses, more than everything else, more than all the things that you are doing here in the sea, do you believe that I am Lord over all of those things as well? And that was the challenge that Peter faced. If you have your Bibles with you, I, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 5. We're going to begin at verse 1 and read through 11. So Luke chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. I'll be reading it for us. I'll be reading from the NIV. It reads this. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the, from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out, deep, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. 
When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled the boat so full that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish they had taken. And so were James and John and sons of Zebedee, uh, Simon's uh, partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for blessing us with your word. This morning, as we journey through it together, just as Peter had on that day, being reminded, what do I mean when I say that Jesus is the Lord over my life? Do I believe that in every aspect, in terms of my health, my work, my social, everything. I pray, Father, today, may we too discover what we mean when we say that Jesus is Lord over my life. I pray, Father, if we need to be challenged by your Spirit, will you challenge us so that as we are, will you open up our hearts to a new reality of who Jesus is, Let us experience you. Thank you, Father. We commit this time into your hands. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So we see from the very beginning of the story, uh, we see that Jesus actually goes out to where the people are at. It's down by the shore. It's in the noisy, dirty, uh, really chaotic places near the shore where there's markets, where fishing boats are coming in, where um, they're about to take out their fresh catch, selling it to other people, other people about to cast off. It's a really noisy pier um, shore area where lots of activity is actually happening. And you'll notice that in this kind of scene is Jesus... As Jesus comes here, he wants people to see, is Jesus relevant in this kind of market space as well? People actually began to crowd around Jesus. They heard about who this Jesus was. And they said, okay, we'll give you a chance. So in this kind of loud space and with all the distractions that are here, for people who are interested, they began to crowd around Jesus and said, okay, we'll be willing to be taught by you. And so why don't you share with us what you have in mind? What kind of relevance does Jesus have on my life in this real world setting? It's a really important question. We, we need to ask the same thing as well. Where these people were willing to gather in that marketplace area, in, in that realness of their everyday life. And their question is, yes, we're willing to listen to Jesus. We're willing to open up the space because we really want to know, are you relevant, not just in the temple, not just in the synagogue, not just in the church, not just in the privacy of my own home, but are you relevant in this space 
where no one's really thinking about you. They're all thinking about their work. They're thinking about their leisure. They're thinking about making money, whatever it might be, right? You're probably the farthest thing that's on people's minds. And so people want to know, why are you so important in this space? When we know what we're supposed to do, we have it together, and we're busy doing our own things. So as people are open to that Um, are open to this opportunity to listen to Jesus, Jesus goes up right up to Peter as his boat is coming in. And his boat is coming in, remember, it's empty because they didn't catch anything. So they were fishing all night. You can imagine how tired Peter and the rest of his companions are. And Jesus steps into his boat and just says, would you cast off a little from the shore so I can teach? And so Peter, being a good, moral, religious guy, and understanding that Jesus is this teacher that's supposed to teach people about God, he, he basically says, sure, you know what? I'm tired I'm, and all of this kind of stuff, but you know what? If I need to serve God in this kind of way, sure, I'll do it. And so Jesus gets into Peter's boat, and Peter sets off the shore a little bit. But by doing so, I want you to notice what Jesus actually does. By asking Peter to uh, cast off to the shore a little bit, if you've ever been on, on a boat before where um, there's a, you're near the kind of shore, waves are still going on, you'll probably notice that if you just sit there, the boat will drift. It drifts very easily. It drifts very quickly. And in order to keep you from drifting, you actually have to be at the oars to keep the oar, uh, to keep the boat steady. So imagine if Jesus is sitting there doing a teaching to the people, and if, if Jesus doesn't rely on Peter's expertise, doesn't trust in the expertise that Peter has to steady the boat while at the same time keeping it uh, stationary so that it's not drifting. So imagine like Jesus teaching the people, and then slowly, because he's drifting, he like gets off screen, right? And then people have to keep, the crowds have to keep moving to see you know, where Jesus is at. But that's not what he does. Peter is an expert fisherman. Peter is an expert with the boat. And that's exactly what Jesus trusts Peter with. Saying, keep the boat steady. I trust you that by the end of my message that you'll keep me in the same space. And what Jesus really shows this kind of appreciation for, he doesn't dismiss the skills that Peter has. He uses it for ministry. In that same way for each one of us, I I want us to uh, come to realize too that when Jesus sees each one of us, he doesn't dismiss our work as, oh, that's earthly work. It's not as important as heavenly work. No. For everything that Jesus gave us and the way that he has created us, he's saying, no, the reason why you're gifted and the reason why you do so well in the work that you do is because I've blessed it. I want you to do well in those areas. And he says, in those areas too, I want to use for its highest purpose. And even in this small act, his skill of steadying a boat, Peter, uh, Jesus uses as Peter steadies it for him to give his ministry. See, the first key thing that gets our attention in this story is that Peter begins to discover Jesus' lordship 
not only in the synagogue or not only in the church, but learns what it means. What is Jesus' lordship even in the marketplace or even in this outside public setting? This was only possible for Peter to discover by first taking that inconvenient step of doing what Jesus was asking him to do, despite how tired Peter must have been. So imagine again with me. You're fishing all night, and you catch nothing. You you can probably imagine how dejected you are, how tired you are. And the first thing in the morning, this holy man just comes to you and says, hey, I I need to borrow your boat. I need you to steer it a little bit as I give my message. And you can imagine, like, for some of you, sometimes you fall asleep in my message. Imagine with with Peter after not sleeping at all, right, like trying to stay awake as he's steadying the boat as Jesus is giving his message to all the people that are there. And Peter does his thing. He does his duty. And so you would think at the end of it that Jesus would just say, well done, thank you, Peter, now go off to rest, but he doesn't. Even though Peter wasn't in the best of moods, even when it was probably the worst time for Jesus to ask Peter for a favor, Peter asks Jesus, uh, Jesus asks Peter at this time because he really needs Peter to discover what is lordship? What does lordship really mean? You know, one of the things we need to remember about Jesus going to where people are is that oftentimes where we are in our own public you know, marketplace settings and, and when we're in our leisures and all this kind of stuff, because there's so many distractions that are around, there's so many other bigger priorities that are happening at that space, it's so easy to simply dismiss Jesus. It's so easy that when we hear a prompting from Jesus saying, hey, do this or follow me in this way, It's so easy to say, do you know how tired I am? I can do it maybe next time. Or do you not appreciate, like, I caught nothing? This is the worst time to catch me right now. I'm not in the best of moods. How can you ask me right now? But those are the moments that Jesus comes, knocks on our door, and he says, I want you to discover lordship. You know, after Jesus speaks to the crowds, he's grateful for Peter's boat service, but he's not done yet with Peter. Jesus tells Peter, push off a little from the shore and go a little bit more deeply into the waters. Now, there's a couple of intentions that I think Jesus wanted to do with Peter is that he didn't want Peter's act of service to simply be an act of service that he gives towards God and just say, you know, fine, I had a hard night, I'm so tired, but I mustered all my strength, and I gave all of this to you, right? So I did my religious duty, you should be proud of me, now let me go. But it's not. Jesus says there's so much more behind it than your service towards God. What Jesus really wants Peter to discover is God's love, God's lordship in Peter's life. That's what he wants Peter to discover. You know, when I look at my life as well, I notice there's so many times that I do these religious stuff. I do all the serving stuff, and I feel like by doing these kind of things, I'm pleasing God. 
But in trying to do all this stuff for God, you know, I'm patting myself on my back or I'm trying to act out as I feel that would make God most proud. But a lot of times, if we just keep doing that, what we miss is what Jesus wants to reveal to us, what Jesus wants to give to us, not just simply our religious duties. You know, what Peter could have simply said is he could have easily said, no, don't want to do it. I already did the first thing, and that should be enough. And so, but I will serve you again because I'm a good Christian and I'm a good person, so I'll serve you next time. But right now, my limit has been hit. No this time, yes next time. He could have said that. And if he did, he would have missed out in this time of isolation what Jesus wanted to reveal to Peter. You guys all know the story. You know what happens. They push off a little bit more. And Jesus says this. He says, hey, throw your nets. You know, the nets that you just brought in and that you're just trying to clean and then you're about to, um, you were about to clean when you got on shore. He just says, throw it back out. Can you imagine how angry and how upset <laughs> that would have made Peter? Because this guy, you guys all know for Jesus, Jesus' background, uh, his father was a carpenter. So Jesus' trade from his human father, was learning carpentry. And so suddenly this rabbi telling a fisherman, hey, cast your net over the side of the boat when I tell you. Because for Peter, his mindset now is really upset. He's like, I know you're a rabbi, but stay in your lane, right? I know that you are God, but stay in your lane, you know, if you want to command me on certain things about my prayer life, then do that. If you want to command me on some certain things like my devotional life, then do that. If you want to command me in certain areas of my life about giving and all that kind of stuff, then do that. But don't tell me how to fish. Because here, I'm the professional. I've been doing it for generations. It's been passed down to me. See, when it came down to fishing, Peter, Peter's mindset was, I'm the one in the know. See, every real fisherman knew fish came out at night, not during that day. Every real fisherman knew that during the day, the fish would actually hide and not in deep water, but they would go to shallow water under rocks. And so for Jesus to say something so absurd, so immature, so out there, so ignorant of what everything has to do with fishing, and just say, hey, let's go out to deeper water rather than shallow water during the day. Let's throw out our net again into those places where you were fishing before that you caught nothing. You can imagine Peter being so upset. And so it seems to me that what he says back to Jesus is a little bit, uh, there's a little bit of cynicism behind it. And he goes, all right, if you say so, I just want you to know we've been fishing all night and we caught nothing and we're the professionals and we know that fish are not in deeper waters. They're in shallow waters right now. But if you say so, because you commanded, I'll do it. I feel like in Peter's mind, he wanted to really show Jesus, don't tell me what to do in this part of my life. I'll do it right now, just so that you know, I know what I'm doing. So in the future, you don't insist, and you don't go out of your lane 
and tell me to do certain things. So I'll do this, and this will show you that you don't know what you are talking about in this area of my life. But we know what happens. There's this huge haul of fish that's inexplicable. It doesn't make sense. It shouldn't have happened. You see, it's at this moment Peter discovers what lordship means. Lordship is more than knowing the systems and knowing how the natural systems work. Lordship is more than just seeing how the economy is run or how business practices work or how things usually take place in terms of promotions and all this kind of stuff. But Jesus' lordship is over all of those things where he says, I don't need to follow those systems because I am Lord over all. I speak and it becomes. And because of this, Peter is for the first time really challenged, who is this? Is this really Lord? That he even has control over the fish of the sea when they shouldn't even be there, that they are there when he commands them to be. See, there's a lot of things for Peter that needed to be changed. See, the value system that was in his heart, these like two kind of religious undertones that Peter had um, that need to change was this. The first religious undertone that Peter had, we see in his kind of reaction that he has to Jesus is this, is finally he, remem- he realizes, this is the Lord of the universe in my boat, and I've been belittling him, and I put him down. And so he says this, away from me. He says, God, get away from me. I am a sinner. I'm unclean. What Peter was actually saying is, look how much skepticism, cynicism, and all this kind of stuff that I have, God, and you are holy. You shouldn't be in my boat because I will defile you. That was Peter's mindset. Away from me. I'm a sinner. I will defile you. I'll make you worse. You don't want someone like me. See, that religious undertone, that the dirty or the unclean, compromises the holy it needed to change where Jesus says this is why I've stepped into your boat so that I could rub off on you and not you rub off on me you see Jesus response is I can help you with that away from me I'm a sinner and Jesus says I can help you with all of that sinfulness, where all that cynicism came from, all of that skepticism, where all of that doubt, and all of those things where you compartmentalize, you limit who God is. He says, I can deal with that. You just need to keep drawing near to me. The second religious undertone that takes place is you'll notice um, Peter's language change. 
Remember, um, when Jesus first asked Peter, throw your net on the, over the boat in deeper waters, he says to him, master. And master was just a term that all the people used their connoting, you know, higher rank, right? And saying higher rank, master or teacher, right? In that kind of regard and saying, master, you know, we've been fishing all night and we didn't catch anything, but because you said so, I'll do it. We see the title suddenly change from master that Peter was using, master or interchangeably with teacher at the beginning, to after he sees a huge haul of fish, what does it change to? It changes to lordship. He begins to say, away from me, not master. He doesn't say, away from me, teacher. No, he says, away from me, Lord. Finally, Peter recognizes Jesus, you really are Lord. And I've never seen that before. I didn't realize that you are Lord over all things. See, the biggest problem in Peter's religious life was he just viewed God as a great teacher. He viewed God as a great master, but not really as Lord. And I begin to wonder for each and every one of us, how much we may, we may share that same issue that Peter has, that we view God as a great teacher, as a great mentor, but not really as Lord over every dimension of our life. See, it wasn't that God can't carry out and refuses to carry out successful enterprises in the marketplace and all this kind of stuff, but he's more interested in something else in our life. He wants our hearts because he knows it's that heart issue that needs to change, that needs to be restored, that needs to be revived. This is why I think when Jesus calls Peter aside, Jesus knew from the very beginning, even before he stepped into the into Peter's boat, Peter has this emptiness inside, this longing for something more. And Peter knows there's that emptiness because as he's, maybe it's symbolic through the empty nets that he's bringing back, that even if he brought back a net full of fish, something that's just not quite there that satisfies his soul, that's just not quite there that satisfies his mind. And as much as Peter kept pursuing all these other things and he even had religious, uh, religion on the side to help try to fulfill all of this emptiness that he's feeling inside, Jesus says, I know what you need. You need my lordship to know that I'm here, to know that I love you, to know that I'm going to lead you. Brothers and sisters, I think for a lot of us, that really is what we all need. And where we experience that lordship, and sometimes God will come knocking in your spaces, at your marketplace, in the world around you. And it's so easy to dismiss God because we get distracted by all these other priorities and all these other importances that are happening around us. But I really encourage you guys, don't dismiss Jesus with all of these other things that are happening. When he calls you out and says, hey, will you take me in? 
even though you're busy and you're tired and you're kind of like had a full work day and you feel that prompting of God's spirit on your heart saying, will you spend this time with me? Will you see me in this kind of way? Will you come and, and pray with me? My prayer is that we respond to that and we just say, yes, Lord. And as we do, we begin to discover what Jesus wants to reveal to us showing us that he really is Lord over every part of our life. And as he does so, my prayer is that, you know that emptiness that sometimes we feel inside that creeps up on us and it just suddenly comes upon us, no matter how successful, no matter how well we're doing with our, our business, our career, our friends, our families, that creeping emptiness that comes, I pray, may that be answered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, where we have this assurance of knowing that he is Lord, that he loves you, he will fill you, and he will lead you. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to lead you at this time of communion. If you have your communion elements near you, uh, please get them ready at this time. But I want to invite us to have the same heart that Peter had when we're thinking about lordship. I want us to think, Father, if there are ways that I've been thinking about your lordship that are beneath what it truly is, I've been making your lordship less than what it needs to be. I want to repent of that. I want to lay that down, Lord. And I want to know you in your true lordship in every area of my life. So, brothers and sisters, let's just take a brief moment where you are right now. Let's just take this moment to pray a prayer of repentance, a prayer of surrendering that and asking him, may you show yourself as Lord over my life, and may I learn how to trust you as Lord of my life. Let's pray. I also want to uh, use this time to do a special prayer over those of us who may be experiencing an emptiness, a loneliness, that is heavy, that may induce panic. I want you to know that there is power in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I want us to claim his name together. The prayer is very simple. All I want you to pray is, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, Will you forgive me? Will you heal me? Will you protect me? That's it. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, will you forgive me? Will you heal me? Will you protect me? Just say that prayer at this time. So yes, Lord. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we loosen and cast out every spirit of despair, every spirit 
of deceit, every spirit of emptiness, loneliness, anxiety, fears. We cast it out in Jesus' name. And we send them to you, Lord Jesus. We pray, Father Lord, will you bring a spirit of joy, a spirit of peace, a spirit of assurance, protection, and of love for each and every one of these precious sons and daughters of yours. On the night that he was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which has been broken for you. Take, eat, and remember me. Brothers and sisters, Jesus offered his body for us. As we take it together, let's receive this grace that he's given to us, where he says he wants to indwell each one of us. Let's take the bread together. In the same way, he took the cup of the covenant and said, this is my blood, which has been poured out for you. Take, drink, and remember me. So brothers and sisters, let's take the juice together. Father, thank you so much that you have blessed us today. Thank you, Father Lord, for being with each and every one of us. May you fill us with your spirit, Lord. Will you protect each one of these precious sons and daughters of yours? I pray, Father, may we experience the Lordship of Jesus Christ in all aspects of our life. I pray in this summer, may we discover that more and may we live in that lordship. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you both now and forever. Amen.